0: Man. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. He's awesome, isn't he? Amen. So good to be with you all in the house of God. You may be seated. You look great. Thanks for being here today. I know we kind of messed everybody up over the last two weeks having uh, the services like we did, but we're all getting back in the swing of things, and it's all good. Glad to be here, and we're here to celebrate Jesus and uh, do it right, okay? So I want to know something as we're getting going here. Uh, are you a born-again Christian? I'm I'm trying to go by volume on percentages, and so it looks like we should have a good altar call today, by the way. I heard that, but are you a born-again Christian? If you are, you know that God has forgiven you, and only God could. (laughs) He's amazing, and God promises that our sins will be remembered against us no more so grateful for that you know as we look at what god does and what he says and and what he does for us in his word and the promises that he makes to us i mentioned recently in in the message i don't know if it was last week or a few weeks ago that to those of us who are saved we no longer have a history with god from that moment that we give our lives to him meaning that god chooses it doesn't that he it's not that he doesn't know our life of course he does he knows all things But God chooses to not hold that prior life against us when we come to him and receive forgiveness. When we are born again, God's amazing promise to us and his word declares to us and the work of Christ does for us is he gives us a brand new start on life. That's why it's called being born again. You know that church, right? Like a new life is started because the old life is now dead. God's word declares That in this moment that God does this work in us, that he does something incredibly amazing for you and I. Some of the issues that I see within the church and the Christian community is the fully grasping of me and you of what God has done and offered to us in this new life. So first off, we're going to look in the Word of God. It says here in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Anyone who's come to Christ has become a new person, right? Are you a new person? Yes. All right. So good. We got it. Obviously, this is why God led me to this message, because a lot of you don't understand this. So I'm asking, are you a new person? if you said you were born again then you are a new person that's what god's word declares about this relationship with him is that when we are saved we become a new person the old life is gone reading again in the scriptures a new life has begun brand new all of this is a gift from god who brought us back to himself through christ isn't that awesome God's done this work. It's nothing you and I did. It's nothing the church did. It's nothing you and I can do. It is a work of God, and only God can do it. There's no chance for you and I to save ourselves. We can't be forgiven for what we've done, for anything that we would do. Only God can do that, and so God tells us that we have a brand new life in Him. I'm so glad for a new beginning. In um, In the church I pastored in Michigan, Uh, Well, I pastored two churches there. One of them uh, was, we changed the name to New Beginnings. And we did that because it was like, man, I want everybody to know when they saw this church, when they saw that sign, when they saw it, there's an opportunity for you to have a new beginning. God says there is an opportunity for us to have a new beginning in life. The old is gone, the new has begun. So as we look into what God says to us in this I am so grateful that God is willing today for anyone and everyone to start over. You can start over. doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. God says you can start over right now. I'll give you a brand new life, a new way of living, a new way of walking, a new way of talking. Hello. All these things God says can become new in you, and it's a work of God that does it. So one of the challenges we face is living in the new life and not allowing our old life to influence the new. I'm going to slow that down a little bit. I won't won't say these things too fast. Are you ready? Listen. Living in the new life is not allowing our faith to be influenced by our old life. Living in the new life is not allowing past relationships to influence the new life so as we consider what God is saying to us in his word he says that he gives us this opportunity to be made new now then as I look at that I'm saying like and I made this statement in the very first church I pastored uh, a long time ago that was spreading oak tabernacle and there was a confused spiritual individual in the room all right so um, don't anybody say anything because then everybody's going to think you're spiritually confused as well All right, so a little while ago, I was asking you to respond. Now I'm not. Just sit there in silence. You ready? I said I believed in reincarnation. And the guy was like, amen. I'm like, okay, now I know I need to work with you. (laughs) Okay, and he didn't let me finish the statement. I believe in reincarnation here and now. There is no second chance at life in the future, but there is absolutely a chance for a new life here and now god himself is the reincarnator of himself within me and the only way that that new life can happen is when the old me dies and the new me is born and that is a work of god that happens in this one life all right you got all that now you can respond okay because i didn't want you lost there all right so i do believe in that completely entirely that is the whole message of salvation that is the good news of god he's saying look you were a worm Now you can live a new life, right? I give you an opportunity to become something you could not become on your own. No matter how much you tried to live a good life and hope to be changed, you weren't. And you can't. God says, it requires the death of you and the life of me. And when my life enters you, you become a new person. So herein lies the issue. The new person living with the memory of the old. So God says, I don't hold that against you anymore. This is an act of God, a God thing. I'll just say it like that, like a God thing, that God doesn't hold our past against us. He's like, okay, we're starting new. And he's amazing, isn't he? I mean, how many times have you started new with God? (laughs) He's, He's incredible. The fact that he would start new with us again. You know, most of us, we have a tolerance of new. Like, I'll deal with you, and I'll deal with your newness so many times, and then it's like, okay, you're, I'm done with you because you're not new. It's the same old you I keep seeing. And God's like, let's start new. I love you. Let's go. And so now as I look at that, the problem that we struggle with is the releasing ourselves of the old self— and the embracing of the new self because in our mind and in our flesh we don't think we can change but see that's the flesh that's the devil but the power of God in the moment of salvation is his forgiveness of all our sin and sins twofold the sin we were born in and the sins we've committed God forgives those and the Holy Spirit comes to live within us that is the new life It is the restoration of the breath of God that happens in my life and yours. And God himself does that. We can't get it. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's a gift. He tells us that. Therefore, when we die to self, it's the birth of the new life. I am a new creation in Christ. Everyone has stuff in their past they wish they could get rid of. That was the video at the beginning of the service, you know, like the baggage. All right, it's time to travel light it's time for some of us to just leave those bags in the baggage claim area and walk away. Come on. It's like the reality is is that if I continue to drag that stuff with me, I'll never experience the fullness of the life that God has for me. And we've got to leave it behind. And we can't let that baggage own us any longer. But we keep dragging it with us because it stays in the head and it's bouncing around in there. Listen, church, we're going to look at what God has to say to us about this. The only thing we can do about our past is seek and receive forgiveness. You and I can't change it at all. Can't. I don't care what you've done. I mean, I care. God cares, but I'm saying it doesn't matter what it is. We can't change it. It happened. We can ask forgiveness. We can give forgiveness, but it doesn't change what's happened. It's there. Now, God in his amazing godness, says, not any longer it's not. Now I see you here. Now you and I have to accept God's view of us, not our view of us. Not the world's view of us. Not our own view of us. God's view of us. And when we fully engage in the fullness of God's view of us, that's where we experience new life. Oh, It's so awesome, isn't it? Look, church, the forgiveness of others, the forgiveness of self, all of it is right there. We're going to read in Philippians chapter 3. Listen to the word of God. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Now, before I read any further, I want you to hear this is the apostle Paul writing to the church and saying, I want to know this power. I want to experience this. He's not talking about in heaven, church, He's saying, I want this now. I want to experience the power of God in my life right now. Do you want that? Church, it's right there. He's saying, like, I want this. I want to suffer with him. I'm reading again. Sharing in his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection of the dead. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but... I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Let that sink in. is that amazing? No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and look forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us man, so cool, isn't it? Did you hear what he said? I have to have one focus. Forgetting and looking forward. (laughs) It's always there. It's always calling us. It's yelling out, this is you. This is where you were. This is what you did. All these things are calling out. And the apostle Paul says, you know, I have to forget that stuff. I can't live there. Press on to reach the end of the race, that that God is calling us into. So when we receive this that God is saying to us, he's not saying like, I just I forget everything like men in black where they put that thing in front of your face and you don't remember anything, you know? It's <laughs> not like that. He doesn't just erase our memory. It's there. So what's happening here is when he says forgetting, now if you read the, the epistles that Paul wrote, which is the Holy Spirit's writing through him, He often references his past he does but he doesn't live there and when he references his past he does it in a contrast of who he used to be to who he has become he's celebrating the work of god showing that he was nothing but a wretched broken individual and through christ he's experienced a transformation so when he references the past it's not like that's who i am he's saying that's who i was This is who I am. There's a difference, see? And that's why he's saying, like, I'm forgetting. I'm focusing on this thing. I'm not that person. Did I do those things? Yes, I did. But I'm not that person. And now I'm focused on that person, Christ. And I am pushing forward to become more like him every day of my life. And I become more like him as I become less like him. That's God's word. And that's what he's telling us, church, this brand new life going forward with god and let's see what god can do with his power in our life today here's the key for us we have to look at what god has called us into and released in us and i have to recognize that's not who i am any longer okay church the thing that was in me is no longer in me because god has done surgery on my soul See, sin owned me. I was a slave to sin. It owned me, and I could not release myself from it. And what it did is it took me to dark places all the time. And it was about self, but I was a slave to self. When I was making those choices, I thought I was free. But every time, it was bondage that it brought to me. And now I look and he's like, no, you're no longer a slave to the sin. You're a slave to freedom. You are now set free from that stuff that owned you because of what God has done in Christ. This is the born again experience. Church, we're going to read Romans 6 again. And we've read this many times and you've heard it. But let's stay with what God is saying in it so that you and I can own the fullness of what God has provided us. Because I'm convinced that many Christians are living below what God has provided. Listen to it. Well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of His wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, oh, let's stop there. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? I mean, if we're, our old life is dead and a new life has begun, how can I live in death? any longer god's word declares this or have you forgotten that when we were joined with christ and jesus in baptism we joined him in his death church we're gonna have baptism next week if you haven't been baptized yet you need to in your faith i'm talking about as we listen to what he's saying here, the baptism itself that the Bible teaches us is we do this act of baptism to celebrate the act of faith and the new life that we've been given. It is symbolic of us being buried with Christ, which we will read in the scriptures right there. Like our old life is now dead. We bury it under the water. We bring them up and we come into new life. And that's the whole idea is like this world and all my old life is now washed away. I have a brand new start with God and he's given me this brand new life, new life. The old is gone. It's buried in the water. Here I am. This is God's word. Listen to it. How can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Isn't that awesome? Through the power of God, you and I live a new life. We don't live that old life anymore. We live a new life. Going back to the word of God, since we've been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might, what? Lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin (laughs) for when we died with christ we were set free from the power of sin and since we died with christ we know we will also live with him that's awesome stuff right there church man we need to mark this stuff down in our bible and read it every day like i have been set free from that old life it does not own me any longer that life is dead will you own church the new life that has been provided by the power of our god the creator of the universe his power is available for you and i to live a new life man i'm tired of christians talking about their sin i'm tired of christians that talk about how they sin every day what's wrong with you why aren't we living a new life Why aren't we stepping into the power of God? Do you think God can't defeat sin in your life? If he can't, we're all in trouble. I think God's bigger than that. And the word of God declares it to us. And it says, since we died with... Oh, maybe there's a problem here. We haven't fully died to the old life. (laughs) We're allowing the old life to own a part of us. And we visit it frequently why would we why would we go back to the old life when god says we can have a new one god's offered us and given to us freely a new life and he's given us the ability to live that new life so god's word is very clear to us church when we look in the scriptures it is very clear we are victorious in Christ, for God Himself says He's given us the power to live a new life. Right? So, obviously, a lot of Christians aren't tapping into the power available. And we're allowing the enemy to remind us of who we were, and we're tapping into the old self. So, now I look at this and I'm saying the power that God has given to us is the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, when God forgave us, the Word of God says that we were forgiven, and then the Holy Spirit dwells in the heart of the believer. Therefore, the presence, which is the power of God Himself, lives in me. And if the power of God lives in me, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, the same power that spoke in a galaxy, and a galaxy, and a galaxy, and a galaxy, and a ga- till I can't stop saying it, we're born. The God that said, let it be, and it was. And you're telling me that that God can't change us? What's wrong with us? Church, I'll tell you what's wrong is we're not owning the power of God. We're owning the power of the enemy and the lies that he's telling us. We've got to stop listening to his lies and own the power of God. We've got to grab a hold of what God has to say to us. And we've got to accept the new life and the new opportunity that God has given to us to begin to think and experience new ways of living. We're going to continue reading in Romans 6. It's a great chapter, in case you didn't notice, but listen to this. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you, what? Choose to obey. You choose to obey. You become a slave to whatever you choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. (laughs) Oh, so we're making wrong choices. Why would we make those wrong choices when we've already experienced the death that it brings, having known the life that he offers? We don't have to be. No, this is the point, brother. We surrender and die to the old idiot self so that we can experience the full power of God in a new self. That's exactly what he's telling us right here. We choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we're giving you. Now you're free from your slavery to sin, and you've become slaves to righteous living. Okay? Okay. It's like pretty easy to see. He's saying like you got to start choosing what God says over what the enemy says. And when you choose to live God's way, you live a new life. When you choose to follow the flesh, the enemy, the devil, all that crap that's out there. When you choose that way, that brings death. Why would we choose death? When the freedom that God has given to us is for life. You become a slave to whatever you choose. To obey see we make conscious decisions to choose the new way or the old way sin or righteousness it's our choice going on in, in Romans 6 we read these two verses when you were slaves to sin you were free from the obligation to do right <laughs> did you hear that See, what we're learning here right now is, see, now that you are no longer a slave to sin, you have a new obligation. It's to choose to do the right thing. Before you knew Christ, you were under no obligation to do the right thing. Actually, you were a slave and in bondage to doing the wrong thing. And you did it willingly. So he says to us right here, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You're now ashamed of the things you used to do. Things that end in eternal doom. Okay, Christian. Um, too many of us like celebrate what we used to be and used to do. The word of God says we should be ashamed of that because you know what it brought you. See. To my friends and people around me before Jesus, when I would be under the influence of things that I needed to become something different than I really was, when I would use drugs or alcohol, I would use them to become something different because what I was was horrible, and I don't like who I was, and I knew nobody else liked who I was, and I hated myself. And therefore, to become something different, I needed something else to influence me so that I could become what I thought everybody wanted me to become. And so people would laugh and think I was the life of the party. I was not the life of a party. I was a miserable, wretched person. So that when I went home and I would lay my head on my pillow, I had to live in the wretchedness of who I really was. And inside of me, I knew I was dead. That I hated everyone that I was just laughing with that I hated my family that I hated God that I hated myself all that death was inside of me nobody could see it only God and only Dave and so when I read that scripture and it says the things you used to do the things that end in eternal doom it's like everything inside of me knew that what I was doing was brokenness and miserable and wretched but if I would Um, influence myself enough I could get away from that reality and therefore I used those things to escape the reality of who I really was what I really knew and what I was really experiencing in my life (laughs) and I look in the word of God right here in church it's like but now you are free from the power of sin and become slaves of god now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life through christ jesus our lord yeah thank you god isn't that awesome man everybody knows that last verse but we probably don't know a whole lot about what that just told us above that we want that eternal life stuff we want to be free from death but we also have to make the choice to live in the new life and the things that God has provided in the here and now. We were bound to sin. Sin owned us. Sin no longer owns us. Church, if you have received Christ as your Savior, you've been set free. That's God's word so if you've been set free why would you go and hold those chains around yourself that once owned you when christ has cut the lock and set us free remember he took the keys we gave those keys to satan when we sinned he owned us But in Christ's death and resurrection, he went and he took those keys away, the power of sin, death, and the grave, and eternal life, and all the things that God asked for us. And he grabbed those things, and he brought them back, and now he's offering it to us. Why in the world, once we've been set free, and he took the locks off, and he's like, you're free, start to live. Would we grab those chains and wrap ourselves up and hold on to them? Why aren't we owning the freedom that God's given to us that's been purchased with Christ's own life? Church, we've got to own that. Let go of those chains. Stop living in that old way. Stop living the old life. Begin to live the new. It's God's, man. He's giving it to us. So here's the problem is that our mind still remembers. (laughs) It remembers the old way, the old escapes, the old issues. So let's just say I'm walking along here and someone looks at me wrong. Whatever that is but I perceive it as the wrong way. The old me, the old way, something would come out of his mouth at that person. The reaction is to attack, don't be attacked. You know, be the aggressor. Like, say something. No, see, I'm not that old person, but I used to live that way. So now I see that person looking at me, and I'm like, oh, I know what you're experiencing in your life. You're broken. You're dead inside. You have no life. So as I look at them, you can have compassion instead of vengeance. You can see them the way God sees them, the way he saw you, the way you saw yourself. And you can live a different life. So we need to remind our mind and our body that I'm no longer that person that I was. That's no longer how I live. If church... So whatever habit or addiction you're trying to, f- to break free from, it's the loudest voice in the room, isn't it? It's the voice that yells out, screams at you, and calls you. So we won't even talk about drugs or alcohol, tobacco, none of the addictive things that we can talk about, any of that stuff. And there's a lot more than that. Just We won't even go there. Let's just talk about breaking a habit. And so I decide that I'm gonna start exercising and we always pick Monday, right? So tomorrow's Monday. So I set my alarm and I'm gonna get up. I don't care what time it is, uh, whatever your time would be, set the alarm, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna start exercising as of tomorrow. When the alarm goes off, I, I think that you're all like me. When that alarm goes off, you've never felt more tired in your life than that moment. You know, it's like I I mean like every ounce of strength is sucked out of me And I feel like putty in the bed And where I normally toss and turn and can't sleep right now I could sleep for the next 12 hours Right, there's this moment of truth right there So like I have to roll myself out of body out of the bed because I don't even have the strength to sit up And that day, that very day where I'm saying, this is changing, I'm no longer going to be that person, I'm changing. So now I roll out of the bed and hit the floor. And as I walk into the bathroom to get my shower, as I'm walking, I take a shower before I do any exercise. I I don't know why, I take one after too, just so you know, but I just can't (laughs) take it, right? So I walk into the bathroom and I'm hurting. So every, I'm aware of every pain in my body now. Normally I don't feel a thing normally I'm numb till I get in the shower and I wake up like oh it's today you know but here I'm walking and I feel everything and then I go look in the mirror I'm like oh dude it's beyond hope yeah (laughs) why chart now I mean you're you're on a downhill slope man why would you change now and so the mind and the body are saying just go back to bed it's pretty much hopeless even if you commit to this and you do it what's going to be the difference Your wife already said she loves you. (laughs) She's already accepted you. Why bother? I mean, if you die, you're going to see Jesus anyway. See, there's all this logic coming into my brain. Like, why would I exercise? I don't like it. It hurts. I can live free from that. I can experience love from my wife. God loves me just like I am. I'm gonna. Okay, but the reality is, is I know I need to change. Right. So it hurts. So I'm going to step into this newness. So here's the thing. As we're trying to break free, there's this incredible like, voice, and all it is is a voice telling us we can't change. There is, church, no force keeping us from changing. God's word says I've been set free. So the only thing the enemy has to tell me that I can't change is a voice. And his voice reminds me of who I was, and he never tells me who I am. <sighs> so here we go. We're doing this thing, right? Okay, so I'm, I'll give you a real-life illustration of change. In, um they're not in this service. They were in the last service. I, have, um, I started going to the chiropractor again because I have issues with my posture and my body, obviously. It's pretty clear to see. Um, and so I'm like, I need help, so I go, and I'm there, and it's like, oh, you know, you're like so tight, and yeah, I know, that's why I'm here, man, you know, I got, I'm messed up, Uh, all right, so now take this thing, so they, they have this, I call it a finoodle of death, I don't even know the name of the thing, but it's like about this big around, and it's made of foam, it looks like a finoodle, but it's hard, there's no hollow point in the middle, and they tell me, take this home, and put this on your spine, you know, so it goes all the way down below my butt, and stop right here on your neck, and lay on it for five minutes every night, like that. Like, you know, like in the posture of Jesus on the cross, and let your head hang over the edge of that thing. I want you to do that for five minutes every night before you go to bed. It's to take off the day, and the stretch, and try and reform your body. So the first night i take that thing home laid on the ground and i get my phone out to set my timer and i laid down on that thing and i I swear i felt like somebody was behind me stabbing me with a knife in my neck i mean like excruciating pain and i'm groaning and laying there and my wife's like you okay i'm like no i'm not (laughs) i'm not okay all right so i mean i'm being honest with you a minute and a half. They didn't tell me I need to do it five minutes yet. I'm on there a minute and a half. And I think, you know, I'm like going to be with Jesus any minute now because I'm dying. I, every part of my body's hurting, but it feels like somebody is like hitting me with a sledgehammer right here in my neck. So I roll off the thing. I can't even pick up my own head. I literally had to grab it with my hand and pick my head up, roll off that thing and stand up. Like, and then I'm like, uh, I needed the finoodle of death to walk. I'm like using it like a cane I'm like what the heck this can't be right I gotta be doing something wrong you know so I text him well I text his, his wife works at the desk my chiropractor so I text her and like um was I doing this right this is what he told me to do yep and you should be doing it for five minutes I'm like what what what, what are you talking about I was like there's no way so I'm like, these guys are up to something, you know. I thought they loved me, but I think they're out. They hurt me. So I go in the next appointment, and I'm not saying nothing to her. I go back to him because I want to make sure they are communicating and they're telling me truth, right? Like, hey man, like, you know, I'm laying. Is this really where it goes? Yeah, that's where it goes. And how long am I supposed to do it? Five minutes? Like what? You gotta be crazy, man. There's no way I'm laying. I think for five minutes, I'm gonna die. And that's when I told him I named it the noodle of death. I mean, again, like, I don't even know what it is, but I'm like, there's, I just, I don't get it. Like, all right, do you want to change? So here's the thing, church, I want you to hear me. If we really want to change, sometimes it hurts, it can cause pain. Because you see, once you've been set in your own ways for so many years, it's not okay to be that way, and it needs to change. But the change sometimes hurts really bad. And as I was laying there the next day, this is what I did. I added 15 seconds to my clock every day to get up to five minutes. And, And every day was like an eternity. Isn't it crazy that you know, I talk about how fast life goes all the time, and, you know, I sit here and think, like, I was in school yesterday. Well, I am still in school, but I mean high school. I was in high school yesterday, and here I am. I'm 59 years old, and I look in the mirror, and I'm like, you're old now, you know, and like, but, and it feels like it's like, and I'm an, uh, nitrous nitrous, oct- and then I lay down on that thing, and it's like, time stops, so I don't know, maybe I should just strap it on my back and slow down a little bit. I don't know. But I mean, I'm telling you, it's like the craziest thing that for that five minutes can feel like the length of an entire day. I grab that phone and look at it, like, no way. I got two and a half minutes left? No, because I have it right over my head. I shouldn't do that, but I do. I have my alarm set so I know, but I don't trust it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> there's no way it hasn't been five minutes. I look like, oh crap, man. You know, I'm looking at this thing like this because I'm upside down. And I'm like, Lord, man. I began the other night in my pain thinking in the posture of Jesus on the cross as I was laying there and thinking about everything he did for me. And I was like, wow, God, I mean, I can't believe you did this for me. I can't. I'm like blown away that I can't even lay here for five minutes. And, and I mean, I'm in pretty bad pain. Nothing like what he did and that he did that for me so that I could experience new life and then I'm going to whine about something to him or say I can't like live that way or I can't do that. It's like man, what in the world? So what we got to do is we got to identify that lying voice and not listen because it's never going to shut up not until we're out of here. That lying voice from the past will never shut up. It will always call us, trying to get us back into slavery. I'm going to tell you one more story here, maybe another one, I don't know, but let's do one more right here. Um, When I gave my life to Christ, uh, I was working, I had started working for my brother-in-law on my wife's side, and um, Kim and I weren't married yet, and we were dating and that, and I started working for him at a print shop, and um, Steve knew how I lived, and he knew what I did, so he came to me like in the mornings like, look, you can't get high and do this. You can't. You're gonna hurt yourself. You're running these presses. You're running these like power cutters, and you're doing, you can't do this and be high. Oh yeah, no, no, no. worry about thing, you know. Everything's good. Like, before I go to lunch, like, look, don't go out there and do nothing. I'm telling you right now. And when I'd come back from lunch, he'd like, come here. Now he wasn't living a righteous life. I don't want you to misunderstand me at all. But all he was worried about is me getting hurt and him having to pay. But he knew seriously, but he knew that if I got hurt, he'd be paying even if it was my own stupidity. So he would call me over and look at me, like, look man, I told you don't do that. I'm fine. I can handle it. Oh good. You know? So this day that, <laughs> that Sunday in January, way back in 1982, Kim and I gave our lives to Christ. I went to work on Monday morning, and I walked into the, the shop, and I walked right up to Steve, and I said, Steve, you don't have to worry about me getting high no more. I gave my life to Christ last night, and I am changed. I will no longer do that stuff. I'm not only not getting high, I'm not smoking cigarettes, I'm not drinking tobacco. I want you to know I am a changed person, God forgave me. I am made new. I mean, I said all that to him, but I just, like, I was so crazy high on the Spirit of God that I had this joy in my life and life for the first time ever that I couldn't keep it inside, and I was telling him, like, look, I mean, you got no more worries, man. I'm good, and he just sat there looking at me like I was crazy. Go back to work, and I'm working, And you know, he comes up to me. It's like 1130, coming up on my time to go to lunch. And he walks up and says, hey, Dave, I got a joint in the truck if you want it. When you go out for lunch, you can go on over there and have that. Who do you think was saying that to me? It wasn't Steve. That was the old devil, man. He's like, you ain't changed. You want nothing. You can't change. That's not who you are. That's who you are. It's right out there in that old vehicle go do your thing, man. I I want you to know God is so amazingly good, man. It wasn't even a temptation for me. I had been dead. I experienced God's breath in me in life, and I was not giving that up for nothing. I told him, I'm not going out to that van. I don't care what you got out there. I am changed. I'm forgiven. I'm made new, and I didn't go out there. Now, I don't even know if there was one actually there or if he was just testing me i don't know don't care all i know is this the the devil's a liar god has the power to change us and we don't have to live in that brokenness if we choose to live for god but we've got to choose to live in the new church we've got to choose to live in the new god has said you're new if god says you're new you're new stop listening to the old Man, Psalm 32, listen to this. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those who record the Lord has cleared of guilt. Sorry, let me reread that. Whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Oh, my goodness. It's so great to be free from having to figure out what lie you said last. <laughs> it's true. Try and cover up what you thought you were trying to cover up in the first place. When you just live in honesty and be yourself in Christ, it's so freeing, man. Listen to the word. Listen. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. <laughs> Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Do you remember your old ways? you remember what they did? How they sucked the life out of you? Man, listen to God's word. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. <laughs> See, it's owning that we screwed up, knowing we did. Like, hey, God, he already knows anyway. Why do we think we can hide it? God, that, i of the mess. I did all that. I ignored you. I did my own thing. I've done all that. I'm guilty. Listen to what it says here. Stopped trying to hide my, you know how we always try to justify everything? <laughs> Listen to the word now. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord (laughs) and you forgave me. (laughs) All my guilt is gone. Hallelujah, man. If you're living with guilt, that's not from God. If you've been forgiven, your guilt has been removed. That's the enemy. Don't own that guilt of the past. Own the victory over it and release that. In this psalm, we see the victory that God's planned for us and given to us. He's provided in such crazy, incredible ways. This is what he tells us. There's joy and freedom and forgiveness. Man, God wipes the record clean, and there's no more guilt of the past. See, God's not holding us accountable to that. Stop holding yourself. Stop letting the enemy hold you accountable to the past. God is the one who sets us free. And if God sets us free, we are free. Stop owning it. The psalmist says, before I confessed and received forgiveness, I was dead inside. You know, the weight in your gut was the death of sin working in us. Uh, when before I said yes to Jesus, I honestly thought I had an ulcer. I don't know if I did or not. I don't know. I don't care because I don't have it. But I do know this: that you know, I'd smoke pot, drink coffee every day. You know, all this stuff in between, doing other stuff too. But I mean, that was like a daily thing. You know, like do this and mellow out, drink some coffee so you can wake up. You know, so it was like a one after another kind of thing. And and so as, by the way, marijuana is not okay. I don't care if they make it okay or not. It is a gateway drug, and anybody that denies that. You're only kidding yourself, okay? That's just, it's like ridiculous, man, that we don't acknowledge that truth. You know, it's like, I lived it, it opened the door, and you don't stay there. All right, but we won't go there right now. Let's go on. Before I confessed and received forgiveness, the weight in my gut was there, and it was death at work within me. I didn't even realize it. When I received forgiveness from God, that pain that was eating in my gut stopped, It left me I didn't even I mean, I didn't say, hey, God Remove this No, I said, forgive me And when God forgave me, this pain That I carried disappeared I'm like, man, God It's so incredible that you would do that for me I stopped trying to hide my guilt I stopped trying to live A false life Of being something somewhere And something else another place And started to to be real with myself With God And once we own up to all we've done, we can finally be set free from the guilt of what we've done. Okay, so it requires true repentance, being sorry for the brokenness that we have created within ourselves, created within others, and we've afflicted on people. See that we're sorrow, sorry for that. That's why I mean like when we celebrate our life of sin and laugh about it and think it like, oh yeah, I used to do this, 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 and this, and we make it like it's a big party. The fact of the matter is when God's word says, this is the, the word, this is the action of death itself and it's what it brings eternal damnation. So how in the world can me as a Christian, as a new person celebrate what used to be? Why would I? <laughs> I know what that brought me. I know what it did to me. I know what it was doing to me. I knew what it was doing to other people. Free from guilt. Man, is there, there is nothing like being free from guilt, man. It's like this freedom God brings to us. I mean, it's just like he says, I set you free. And there's this freedom and you breathe that in. So true confession and repentance, being sorry for what we've done, brings the breath of God and breathes within us and we become that new creation. So what we see in the scriptures, he's telling us this. like There's a removal of guilt as well as a removal of sin. The devil is the one that tries to take us back to revisit the old damage, the old decisions. He's trying to get us to feel guilty and shame for what used to be. Now, if the Holy Spirit brings something up from your past, he wants to bring healing, not destruction. He doesn't bring guilt and shame. He brings conviction. Conviction is different than guilt and shame. Conviction calls us to righteousness in God. Guilt and shame calls us to our brokenness. Church, when we look at what God says to us here, He is calling us to be free. God is not trying to put us in a place of bondage, but in a place of freedom. Bondage to freedom... (laughs) not bondage to slavery of sin there's a way big difference man god is so good isn't he victory over this is a choice we make accepting what god says or what the devil says who are you going to listen to and why in the world we ever listen to that scumbag who kept us in bondage all those years why would we listen to him the prophet isaiah received this vision Like, amazing vision. So cool what he writes to us in the sixth chapter. And many of us have heard this scripture, and we should, but check it out. Listen to what it says right here. I think it's amazing when he has this encounter with God in Isaiah chapter 6. Verse 1. It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple, attending him. Were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. With two, they flew. They were calling out to each other Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke awesome i mean what a cool vision that is this is god here church listen this is what he says this is isaiah then i said it's all over i'm doomed for i am a sinful man i have filthy lips i live among people with filthy lips yet i have seen the king the lord of heaven's armies then one of the seraphim flew down to me with a burning coal that he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs He touched my lips with it and he said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Isn't that awesome? Look at that twofold work of God right there. He says, Your guilt is removed and you're forgiven the consequences the feeling shame the realization of who i was and what i've done he said i'm taking that away too i'm not just forgiving you i'm going to remove the guilt from your brokenness as well isn't that god awesome man the complete work of god is seen right here again the removal of guilt of forgiveness of sins is an act of god church you and i have to choose to live free we need to make that decision. We need to make it right now. Are you living in the freedom of forgiveness or are you still dealing with the guilt and shame of the past? Are you in bondage or are you free? Choose freedom today. Amen? Yeah. Amen. The altar's open. If you need to leave some baggage here before you go, you should do it. Bring it up. Leave that past behind. Walk out of here free. It's open. Stand with me. It's easier to walk to the altar that way. God loves you. He's calling. Won't you be free? Father, we love you. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for the removal of guilt from the old life. The new life that is powered by you it is new it's real thank you we rebuke the enemy the liar the deceiver tries to keep us in bondage to the past and god we declare freedom and victory for today and into the future as we leave these things behind today we step into victory and their new life in christ it is in your precious holy name we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Let's go live that free life that he's given. You're dismissed. Stay at the altar if you need to. You just hang there with God as long as you need to.